Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Amen. So before I get going on the other things that are on my heart big today, and I just want to speak a little bit about fear and lay some groundwork, and then we're going to go forward. Amen. Amen. I I hear people saying this, and as I was praying this week and, and really endeavoring to work through to help people face fear in many ways, uh, what I hear is this, I'm casting down fear, I'm casting down fear, I'm ca- I cast out fear in Jesus' name, I cast out fear, I throw it down in Jesus' name. Now that's a place to start, I'm not criticizing, it's a good place to begin. But let's take a look at what the word actually says about how fear is cast out, alright? Does everybody know where it is or are we just quoting that? First John... That's right. Chapter 4, verse 18. So you could circle it, understand it. It's probably even stronger and longer. Stronger and longer in the Amplified, right? But let's get the Amplified version by revelation. Let it break open in your heart and let that rhema word, the word that is revealed to you, let it come forth in this. That's the best Amplified version you can ever have is the revealed word of God. Amen? So here we are. Circle it. Underline it. There are lots of other verses, but the only verses that really talk about being afraid are ones where they meet angels and God. That's where we're supposed to like at least stand still a minute and see the glory of God. And it should like be concerning if you haven't been living right. Okay, there we are. Verse 18, you should have all found it by now. There is no fear in. Where is there no fear? If you're feeling fear, where are you? Wow. Isn't that simple? I cast you out, I cast you out, I cast you out. How about receiving the love of God? There is no fear in love, for perfect love does what? It casts it out, it drives it out. It cannot be in parallel. It cannot be a partner. It cannot partner where the love of God is. There is no such thing as reasonable amount of fear. Shake that baby. Whoa, wait a minute. What? Let the revealed word come to you this morning. Let it be strong in you. Where there is perfect love, fear cannot be. Oil and water. I've heard some people say it this way. You can call a cow a horse all your life, but it will never neigh. (laughs) Amen. Some people should be saying nay. If fear is troubling you and casting hasn't worked, go back to love. Where do you remember that touch from heaven where you knew that God loved you? And pull it back in. Pull it back in. Wait. God loves me. And spend some time loving on him back. Do you know the most amazing scripture just kind of exploded in my life several years ago when I was reading in Samuel? And it said, those that honor me, I will honor. I was like, wait, wait, 
God honoring me? We have become such an apologetic in the wrong way. We're not doing apologetics this morning. <laughs> so apologetic for what is right, just, and true. So that when it comes along, we're going, well, I know I, I, know I did this right. Yeah, I obeyed last week, but you know, all the glory to God. I think you said yes. Now, I'm not trying to make it a man-made gospel, but there's a balance here that we're afraid of. And if it's in perfect love, it shouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be right. Amen? I'm so, aren't you grateful for the people who God's bringing around to everybody doing their part, and then I get to spend more time with God, and God deposits things, and, and I'm just bold enough to say so. <laughs> and then you get blessed, and I get blessed, and we're all happy together. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're not going to be a people afraid because we know how to access love. We know how to grab a hold of it. And when we're feeling that moment, because it doesn't mean you will never experience or confront or meet up with something that may make you feel afraid. What are you going to do? Come back to love. Wait. God loves me. If that's all, if the only song you can remember is Jesus loves me, that'll do. And start singing it. Loud enough for your neighbors to hear if so be. <laughs> I've sung in Walmart before <laughs> and on various other places. Amen. And, and sometimes I remember years ago and, and, and the kids were like, oh, you know, when they're three and everybody wants something different. We had the experience of having a teenager and a toddler at the same time. I can tell you I need a different kind of medicine from heaven. <laughs> and they all want something different when you're walking down the aisle. And, and I tried not to go grocery shopping too much with them. It was, it was special. I pray for you. That's why I pray for you people with all the ch I know. And you're nodding and you're going, yes, I know. I have one coming into the teenage years and I've still got, yeah, mm, we're praying for you, Aslan. <laughs> and Cheryl. Godly wisdom. There are days and I thought, dear Lord. And so I... I, I realized I had I, I needed an answer. You know, it was one of those days you're going down the aisle and I, I need an answer like now. And I began to pray in the aisle. I wasn't thinking. And suddenly I realized I was singing in tongues in the aisle. <laughs> like somebody looks at me and thought, where do you come from? I'm <laughs> thinking I was praying somebody else's language. Well, anyway, I, you know, we don't let fear in. We, we hang out with love. Where love is a partner in our life. And the love of God fills us again. I, I think that's all right. I think it's all right. And that's what relationship's about. You know, I haven't just told my husband I loved him just once, and then we got married. Although the first time you tell each other, it's kind of scary, right? But not that kind of fear. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes, uh, you know, I was going to go somewhere else, but we're here and we're parking here for a bit. There... There's a time when people have a hard time telling a God they cannot see that they love him. And so they're a little nervous about that. But once you get past that first time, God, I love you. You might have to whisper, but start there. It'll work. It'll work. And just begin to move forward. And pretty soon you're like, I love you, God. You know. I mean, you may not do it like I do, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> but you will do it your way, out of your heart. Not a copy, not an invitation, but real from your place. 
But start somewhere. Start telling him, even in the quietest voice, start somewhere. Tell him that you love him and that you receive his love for you. Sometimes the hardest person to love is our own self. Very truthful. We look in the mirror and we don't have loving thoughts. We pick at things no one else ever notices. But if you point them out to somebody, then they can't unsee it. Did you notice, like, I've got this little thing on the eyebrow or whatever, or I have this little scar, and then the next time they see you, you're like, they're looking at the scar. <laughs> you're right, Pastor. One of your eyebrows is different than the other. Like we care. I know some people are very, you know, special about their eyebrows and have them all done. I'm not that good at that sort of thing. <laughs> My uh, cousin's daughter is always, like, trying to perfect hers. And I... Bless the Lord, she's good with her makeup and stuff. I get it on there, and if it doesn't go on in like three minutes, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I got some on there. Praise the Lord, be blessed. <laughs> and that's good for the cameras. Otherwise, you know, praise the Lord. God loves me, and, and I receive his love, and it starts there. And when I receive his love in my life, I find it easier to love others in a right way. I'm not trying to love them out of my flesh. I'm not trying to love them out of because I have to, because the Bible says so. Because there's times I've had to work that. <laughs> I'm loving them, God, because your Bible says so. I don't really like them, but I'm loving them. But you know, that's my self trying to love. And when I receive his love, and it gives him a heart, wow, that other stuff's so much easier. I've told this story often, and... We've done a lot of street work in my life. I've done lots and lots and lots of ministering on the streets. And, and so for me, talking to others about my faith is, is easy. It's, it's normal. But I grew up in the Salvation Army where that was just normal. So when, it, when I went on mission trips and things like that, it was, it was just normal to do cold calls, knock on people's doors and ask them if there was something that we could pray for them. And just, I just thought that's what everybody did that was Christian. I found out that's not the case <laughs> and and so one time we were down in, in uh, down in Vancouver and and this lady who had a huge goiter huge and she put a you know what a goiter is right a big tumor on her neck coming out of her thyroid I don't know why people do this but she had a kerchief for those of you who are older my age somewhere in there you know what a kerchief is others it's a sort of like a scarf and it's they're usually see-through and they're square and she had this thing, and people used to wear them over their heads and over their curlers and things like that. Another thing that we don't know much about today are curlers. We have curling irons, but we don't go to bed with curlers, and all the men in the room went, amen. <laughs> Some of them, they, they didn't, you didn't have to use pins, and so they had natural pins, and they had sticky things, so if you ever laid on them, they'd prick your head. They were not nice. So this lady had this kerchief wrapped around, and I mean, it was big. It was almost as big as her head. And, the, and, and she was not sober. I have a very sensitive nose. I was quite sure she had used her clothing for a washroom. And she wasn't clean by any stretch of the imagination. And the Lord says to me, go and tell her that you love her. <laughs> First of all, I'm like 10 or 20 feet away and I can smell her. This is not going to go well. 
And, and I said, Lord, I pause. I'm like, I'm having a little conversation. No one's ever done that, right? You have like, God, God, you're calling me to something uncomfortable. We heard about that. And so I'm having this little conversation. Lord, she smells bad. <laughs> and, and I can't just go to her and tell her I love her and be fake about it. I couldn't. Everybody knows when they're being fake. And I am not good at that. I'm that person when they cross the border, you know, and they say, what did you get down there? I'll tell them I had a piece of pie when I'm not supposed to eat pie. That's me. <laughs> I tell them everything. They go, well, did you eat it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, you know, you're, yeah, I'm carrying it with me, but here. <laughs> you know, so that's, so I, I can't lie. I can't, I can't. I, I, if I do, I've got to tell somebody right away. I, did, I, I stretched the truth. I, you know, I said bazillion people and no, really it was five. And <laughs> so I've got to tell them. I just, I have to. That's just how I'm made. So I'm like, God, I can't fake it. I can't tell her I love her when she smells so bad and she looks weird and, you know. And, and so I paused. And I spent some time with God. It was quick. You know, at, at the time, it feels like it was five hours. It was really minutes. And suddenly, I just looked at her again. I could feel his love pouring through. But the instruction was I had to tell her I loved her. So I had to work, and I was like, I just relaxed, loved God, and I knew how much he loved me. He loved me when I was a mess. How was her mess any different? And this lover, and, and like, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, She's a child, you know. She was probably 40. And, and so I walked over to her, and I threw my arms around her. Then I'm like, I told her straight. I go, I love you. The tumor fell off. <laughs> I didn't pray for her to be healed. <laughs> and it just went, poof, and the thing went, Phew. and she dropped to her knees and started put her hands in the air. God, I'm so sorry. I've been cursing you. I never had I never had preached one scripture, and now I'm not advocating don't preach the gospel. Please understand me. But I'd obeyed an instruction, and she was healed, and God touched her. We had a really good conversation after. And then she says, my friend, he's got Parkinson's disease. Can we go pray for him? <laughs> I said, sure. And I said, why don't you lay hands on him? Me? I said, uh-huh. And that was the last part of her healing, or maybe the biggest part. That God used her when she wasn't perfect yet in her eyes. I'm telling you that the love of God makes a difference. Every time. Every time. But working it with others isn't something you work up in your natural self. We've heard pastors talk for the last few weeks about learning to hear from the Holy Spirit. Learning to hear his voice and walk with his voice. Walk with his leading. These are the things that can happen. And they're fun. When we think about the flooding situation that's trying to happen, um, I, at first I thought, oh, this is just my natural mind sorting things out. But I realize sometimes, and, I, and I'm sharing this with you so that you can think about this because lots of us are logical people here. You're thinkers. So I'm sharing this with you because sometimes we miss the Holy Spirit because we think it didn't come with a megaphone and an introduction. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Hello. This is me talking from heaven. It doesn't come that way. And so I thought, I know why these people weren't responding in, in, in and I didn't sit down. I, I think it was, you know, the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. On most of our weather apps, there's been this uh, warnings, they get weather warnings, 
weather things and they keep popping up. They pop up on the, on the news. They pop up all the, well, there's a weather warning. There's a weather warning. And then it never happens. And we've had a series over the past two months of weather warnings that never occurred. And so they've said things like, oh, there's going to be 50 millimeters of rain, and we get a drop. And this has been repeated and repeated and repeated. And so then we have a weather warning that comes, and it actually happened. And no one was ready. And I say this. And, and so I, I kept thinking, oh, well, that was just my natural mind figuring that out. But I realized I'm like praying. I'm like, that was my voice trying to show you the strategy and why it's important to hear from the Holy Spirit. And you see how it, it used my natural logic that I thought was just me to sort out and have a solution. But that was the Lord showing me, see this here, just stay there. And you see, when the Lord shows us something like that, and it seems very natural, we talked about the natural man, we talked about him, the, and, and we'll get to that. I want to talk about the gifts that God puts in us because it's important to recognize their value and their purpose, how they operate in a normal situation. This was like, I thought this was me. It was God helping me. Using the gifts he put inside of me of logic. Lots of you are logic thinkers. That doesn't make you not spiritual. It doesn't mean you haven't heard from heaven. But there was follow-up to that. So when I prayed about it, God said, see, and this is why it's important to hear my voice. I'm like, okay. Because had we prayed, we would have known that this was a real thing. And maybe we'd have prayed different before it took place. I can tell you in my own self, I see those warnings. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, the weather prophesiers are good. You know, we have weather prophets all the time, and they're always wrong. Because they don't hear from heaven. They look at the natural heavens and try to make a determination. But they don't go to heaven and hear from God. Had we heard from God, it might have gone a bit different. Praise the Lord for those who have been rescued. But we can pray about their forecasts because now we know there actually could be something happen. And we're just going to stop it in its tracks. Amen. Amen? There's nothing wrong with us praying and believing God and crushing things. But you see, we've got to be confident in what God shows us. And there are so many things, so many things that have tried to destroy, to disintegrate, to take apart the confidence we've had in God. One of them is causing us to be apart. These are strategies that we didn't recognize that seem small, but have had a big impact. So one, they've kept us apart. Two, they make us feel crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're an anti-vaxxer. And the Lord spoke to me this morning during worship. We're going to pray about that in a little bit. That while people have pushed those words back, and it's mudslinging, and that's, that's children's bread. <laughs> and they need deliverance from it. There's a place where it's hurt people. And while they've actively stood against those words, it's harmed. And while many of them have stood there, God knows your pain. God knows when people call people names, it's not good. It's not good. And while we've been strong and we've been courageous, there's a place where God will heal that place. And I'm not saying it went deep, but it's troubling many. And God's not calling you any of those names because he loves you. Amen. We're going somewhere today. Really, we are.
Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. God's so good, hey? He loves us so very much. As I said, there are many things that the devil's tried to do to destroy and break confidence in God. But the word will keep us every time. It's why it's so important to come together. It's why it's so important to hear from each of you. You all have testimonies. So many hands going up. This is God letting you know he's still with you. He's never left. He's never left. Amen. He's never left you. One of the things that is, well, there's two. One of them we all know, well, let's, let's, let me rephrase that. Many of us know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the, the times that have passed, especially from the 90s, there was lots of teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was in the body of Christ. We don't see them move very much today, but we also don't talk about them because we talk more about what's going on in the world than what's going on in the Word. But we're going to hear more about the word here so that we get strong, so that when those other things happen, we're going to hear from heaven and be confident in what we've heard and what we've read. Amen? Amen. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, while they operate in our midst, or should, are, are not there as a campground. They're not, they, they visit us, if I could say it that way. So they're not the thing that we measure our call by. They are not, pardon me? Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> Amen. They're not how we measure our, the gifting in our life. And that's been kind of a teaching that's kind of slid around. And they, they took a wrong importance. The Holy Spirit's gifts operate and administrate as he wills. So that's why when you go home, they're probably not there. I mean, he, they could be, and they could operate there and should be able to operate in your prayer life when you're ministering to others. They're primarily for God's anointing, supernatural power to operate through you to help in an occasion. There's an anointing to fix that. Now, some people seem to operate because they have more faith in a certain gift, and they seem to operate in it more than in others. But there are other gifts, and it's somehow when they started teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit... The gifts that God gave you when you were born got kind of pushed aside as less important. And they lost their significance and their purpose and, in some ways, their power. Now, this morning, I identified Abby and, and, and brought her up. She has great gifts. She actually can speak with a microphone. I think uh, there was a time we went to the, the, the senior's home, and she preached a short gospel message when you realize that you're in a senior's home, and while many of them are closer, probably, less days ahead, or less days ahead than we are behind, they need to make sure that they're saved. <laughs> Bless the Lord. And, and she preached the gospel, so I'm telling on her a little bit. She can do that. But the Lord told her to, so there you go. But there are things that God's placed in you when he made you, that he called you to, that you need to know about. And you need to have, again, a fresh revelation, a fresh confidence in that, and knowing that you're where you are supposed to be. Amen. Now, because I have grandchildren, I like to talk about them, uh, I notice that they each have different gifts. It's easier to see now that I'm older. When I was younger, and you know, when your kids are small, it's hard to see because the blur of never sleeping. And, but when you get older, you go, oh, that's what that was. Oh, Lord, if you'd only told me, well, I was trying to, but, you know, it was hard to get through brain fog. 
And so, uh, but it's hard and you get in the mess of, you know, and then they become teenagers and you're like, dear Lord, you're praying, but not praying by the Holy Ghost. You're just praying for desperation and begging help. And, and then, then it doesn't really work quite right. And then something happens and you go, I remember when they were in the womb or I remember when my wife was pregnant or I remember when they were small and I had this word and somehow in the fog, it, you know, got pushed to the side. But you get older and you go, oh, that's what that was. God helps us all. But those are the gifts that he put in you for, for today, for the reasons, for all those things. And when I look at one of them, is, uh, loves to build everything, likes to line things up, has done so since he was you know, able to line things up. So he likes order. Uh, when he, I've shifted my office around. The first thing he walks in uh, into my office today, he looks at it and goes, that's not right. <laughs> and he's like looking at all the things that are not balanced. And he wants to fix them. And he's going over and adjusting little things on the shelf. That's better now. I fixed that. He's a builder, likes things to look a certain way. That's not steady there. Didn't like where the giraffe was standing. It's got very weak legs, Nana. And so, <laughs> and, I, and I get instruction like that. That's his calling. There's something in there that belongs in him that may one day, uh, he loves to bulldoze and things. I said, you could be a bulldozer. Oh, I'd like to do that and dig big holes. Good. <laughs> I've roasted and often about, you know, digging holes in the background. I said, you, you know, you're not going to get to China that way, but, you know. <laughs> But he's given it his best try, bless the Lord. <laughs> the other one's not like that at all. Completely different personality. And that's how we've kept it. We've kept it in personality and addressed things by the flesh and pushed them into the flesh. And then when we talk about things of the spirit, see? Oh, well, that's flesh and this is spirit. The gifts that came from your Father God when he made you are also spiritual. Amen. Amen? Romans chapter 12. I think it's, it's very good to put this in context, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Well, not the whole chapter. Well, maybe. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies... A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, that was one of the first verses I memorized when I was going out on the road because I felt that I was in my discomfort zone. <laughs> so I said, God, this is reasonable service. That's all. It's not special. It's not special to give myself to you. It's not, spe it's no it's not special. <laughs> I tried to get myself through that way. <laughs> it's not special. It's just reasonable. Trying to push my flesh into a place. Let me tell you. Years of that, it doesn't work. God will work his holiness through in, through us. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is what I was talking about in the beginning, where that place that revealed, where you get that word come apart in you, where it comes alive, where it becomes that fresh word that we talked about with fear, where those things come alive in you in a new way that means something to you. That's the renewing of your mind that God wants to do. It doesn't come by strict teaching. Some of it does, especially if it's anointed teaching. If it's anointed teaching, you'll find it'll break open the words and you'll see things and you're, you'll go, ooh, wow, praise the Lord. We're blessed to have an anointed teacher in our midst who often breaks open the word and I go, mm, that's so good. I'm not sure he thinks that all the time, but that's, that's the absolute truth. And, uh, you know, and he'll, he'll be like, oh, no, pastor, blah, blah, blah. But I think he's coming through. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
So when it's anointed teaching, it will open the word of God. It will help you see what you didn't see before. So if it's just teaching, which some of us have done, if you've been to Bible college, which I have, and, and also teach for uh, one of the colleges, uh, History Makers has a university, and it's pri primarily uh, online Bible college, but I've taught three courses for them. And I've done my best to really be prayed up, and I wrote the material for them and did one on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, the gift of prophecy and the gift of discerning of spirits and then the book of Mark. And, and I, was, I enjoyed that, but I made sure that I had a lot of groundwork in prayer, a lot of study, and so that when I did the lessons that to carry the anointing, especially when you're having something videotaped, it's, it's tricky. But God was with me, and I believed God for that. But do what you're called to do. So there's a renewing of your mind that God wants to do to bring you into a place where the word breaks open in a personal way. Where you go, oh, this has been such a mystery for years. It didn't need to be. Amen? Amen? That you may prove. Now, you see, this isn't God showing up and, you know, with his big sign again. He's not coming with the megaphone and saying that, that you may prove. You and me. Watch. What is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? You're going to prove that. This is why I said it's so good to put things in context. There's a place where we're not apologetic. Let me say it this way. It took me a long time to actually embrace the, the gifts that God put in my life. It was one thing. Yes, people say, yes, you move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful and blessing? I'm like, yeah. You have this gift, and it's, it's resident in you. It just lives in you. You just love people. I collect people all over the world. I collect people. I just love them. I, did, I don't work it up anymore. <laughs> like once I got that love concept, it's just like, I just love people. I just love them. And, and like, I have people from, you know, Indonesia and Hong Kong. We love you, Pastor Gwen. We miss you. I don't think I miss you too. And I don't know how it happens. There's something residential in there. There's a place in me that, that just, I was going to say hate, but I think, and I thought, well, that's not a very nice word. <laughs> See, that's the logical part. I hate seeing people bound and troubled by the devil. I mean, it, I am, oh, oh, and I pray about it. It's not everybody's deal to pray about. I get that. But that's residential. I, I've felt and known the tremendous freedom from heaven. I've had the devil trouble me, and I didn't like it either. And when I see people troubled by the devil, oh, you know, oh, the warrior comes out, and I got swords flying. I don't like it. There's a residential gift of deliverance that God's put in my heart and in my life that causes that thing to flow. And this is the part of his good and perfect and acceptable will in my life. That's that part. It comes alive there. Does that make sense to you? So there's a place that God puts things in your life. And when you're in the right place, it just works. I've often said the other, the little granddaughter walking around, I said, when she was very small, I thought that girl should be a lawyer. We need some, some lawyers in this. I, she could argue a point and believe she's right in the midst of everything. Mm. You know, <laughs> she's just always right <laughs> since she was born. <laughs> I, said, I, I was going through some pictures and, and uh, found this one, and she was small. And uh, maybe three months or something, and, and her mummy had put on this hat with ears, and it was pink. 
and the face told the story. <laughs> she did not like, she was not approving. It was on and it was cold and she was miserable. <clears throat> I thought, mm hmm And so there's calls like that. We need people in all their called areas proving what is the good and acceptable and will of God. Proving that. Living what God put inside them. Having that place where it comes alive. But you can see, if you step back a bit, you can see that all these things that have been happening have caused great division over those things. There's like no expression for it. It's been quenched and held down and broken apart to the place where we're not sure about anything anymore. And can you see that that spirit of confusion has troubled people to the point where they don't believe what God put in them is strong? So then they try to use some other thing. Well, you know, I'll just get over here and operate in that. If you're an intercessor, intercede. And if you don't know or you're having trouble getting going, give me a call or, or one of us. And we will help you get going again. Amen. We need those intercessors confident in what, I mean confident in what God has revealed to them. So that when they pray, they know something's shaking somewhere. God said to me a while back about shake the ground. Just shake the ground. Shut up, Shake the ground. And I've been shaken. And it has occurred to me then in this last little bit that the devil didn't like it. But that's okay. He's just a little God. He's not even a little God. He's just a fallen angel. Bad ears. The only thing he can hear is what we tell him. He can't hear your thoughts. He cannot hear your thoughts. He can only hear what you say. That you may prove. That he may prove through you and through me what his will is on the earth. That he may prove it. That he may demonstrate it. That's, de that's what proving is. It's a demonstration of who he is. It's a revealing of who he is. And he's looking to do that through you and me. And you know that if you lack in confidence in what God's put in you, or it's been so long that it's like, oh my, what was that again? You know, how, how do we access this? Well, we're going to get it accessed. We're going to kick the dust off, and we're going to see that that foundation, that good thing, do you really think the devil could take it from you, what God put inside you as a baby? Absolutely not. It's there, it is alive, it is pure, it is from heaven. And if it's from heaven, it's got everything it needs to do exactly what it's supposed to do. I'm standing right now in that purpose and call in my life. I know that I have a five-fold ministry call, and I don't apologize for it. I know that within that call, there's an anointing in it and the strength in it to accomplish what God purposed in my life. I look back and I think at the small things, the little things, how I went and met all kinds of different people when I was doing mission work after high school, and I met all kinds of different denominational ministers, things I never could have learned any other way. The, when I went to nursing training, and all these things helped me today. And so that when I sit down with the provincial, I always thought it was good because when I went in the hospital, I understood what the doctor was saying. And then when I was praying for somebody, you know what happens when a doctor comes in the room and says all kinds of things to the person in the bed who's already sick, who's already in pain, who, who can't hear Jesus because of all those things, and they're doing their best to hang in there. And you go in there, the doctor comes in, and they say all kinds of things, and they're like, he leaves, do you know what he said? Right? Truth. 
So I always thought that that was a good place because I'd be able to say, well, he said this, we're going to believe for that. So when I went to pray for them, I thought this, this was a great place. I didn't know back then that I'd be sitting with the provincial health officer able to understand what she's saying. God had a plan. It's why it's so important in this day that we remember again what good thing he put inside of me to prove what he wants to do. Oh, hallelujah. If you're not getting excited yet, you should be. Something should be stirring in there. I have an anointing to stir things up. And you're sitting in it. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our worship leader, Shalane, she made me this thing one year and had it painted and it's got a little stick and it says this pot stirrer on it. I put it on my shelf. <laughs> it has a it has a pride of place, isn't that what they call it in England? Pride of place. It's got pride of place in my office. So we're proving. For I say unto you, we look, we got to verse three, aren't you glad today? <laughs> Through the grace given unto me to every man, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, and that's where we get stuck. Well, we don't want to say this because then we'd be in pride. If that's your pride problem, let's have another prayer. I can tell you what God put inside of me, and you should all be able to with confidence say, you know what, he's made me this way. If the, if the world's corrupted some of that, he can fix it. So your experience isn't determining your destination. Let me say that again. Your ex so that your experience is not determining your destination. <laughs> Amen? So because we know some of the experiences we've had in life try to warp what God put, right? Yeah. So we're going to think not more highly. Okay, what has God put in there? Not what somebody said about you. Oh, you're beautiful. You should be a model. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe you should be. If there was ever an industry that somebody could be anointed and be in there and fix that, be blessed. But we'll need a lot of prayer. We'll pray for you. Amen. If you're going to be on TV, I never thought I would be. didn't really like it too much. Radio, I'd be happy with. <laughs> I like to talk, so I thought that was a good outlet. But there we are, and we're filming things, and God, God's helping me. And uh, amen. So we don't think it's not a it's not a matter of pride. It's a matter of acceptance. Do you accept what God put in you? Do you accept it? Do you accept how He's made you? Do you like your you know? Yes. Those with hair, those without hair, black hair, yellow hair, whatever, pink hair. You like that? Is it okay to dye your hair? Yes. Is it okay to have a perm? Yes. We're not practicing that thing they did for a while, going around casting perms out of hair. We're not, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's another story. Ask me about it some. <laughs> it's true that it did happen. It, it did happen. Mm -hmm. I th you know, if there's something you need to use your faith for, let's put it somewhere practical. <laughs> casting perms out of hair. Praise the Lord. Cast a curl in. Now you've got my attention. <laughs> Especially for some of you who'd like to have curly hair. <laughs> Amen. So let him think of himself soberly. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that like I'm going around thinking I'm drunk over my own self. That's not the way. And do you see how all of these things, what have they killed? They've killed confidence in God. They've so emphasized the work of the flesh that they can't see when God is trying to get you where he wants you so he can use you and prove to this world how good he is. Amen? Amen? Am I fired up about this? Yes. Just a little. Shake the ground. Get that religious, uh, pow. 
Amen? It's time we got that religious, stinky business off. Because when we do, it's like, oh, that's just so much better. You know what? I really am called to evangelism, if you are. I really find it easy to talk to people. Praise God. Thank you for recognizing that. Thank you for those who are called to teach. Thank you for those who are called in business. You know, I, I, I tried to run a business. Praise the Lord for you, Bethany. I, I, I did. I didn't do well at it. I was selling um, toys when the kids heard a little, you know, this discovery toys. So I thought this is, and you know, because of who I am and I love people, I gathered people very quickly. I had a whole thing underneath me and they're all like, yay, they're good. she's going to lead us. Except I wasn't really good at the sales part. I walked in and, and uh, you know, there would be a room for a lovely lady, some of them having younger children, some of them pregnant, da, 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 da. And I go to sell the toys and I'm talking about the toys, which I loved, and they were wonderful and they were educational, so I was happy about that. And I begin to look around the room and I say, ooh, that woman shouldn't be buying things. She's, she's going to have to go into debt. And then, and then this woman over here, she's really troubled, and she's not saved, and she's, gonna, she's got sickness in her body. And I was like, pretty soon, I wasn't doing the sales, but I said, you, you know, I, I, several of them I'd have to turn around. Is it okay? Could, I know a lot of you here are believers, but some of you are not. And I was like, the gift to minister wanted to move. And I was trapped into selling toys, and it didn't work well, so I just got out of that. And of course, and then there was all the business stuff you have to do. You have to track all the stuff and track your, you know, get in your car, write down the miles and, yeah, no. Nope. Nope. I did it once or twice. Forget the next time. Forgot to write it when I got home. I was tired. You know. <laughs> Praise God for those called the business. Be called, be blessed, be expanded, have the favor of God in you and go with all your might. Amen. And you see, there's been apologies for those things. But God put that inside of you. God put that inside of you. And, and there are people who are naturally called to accounting. <laughs> and they love it, Pastor, don't they? And it just flows naturally. And I'm blessed that he does. When the church started, I had a few books. I am so blessed. I do not. <laughs> you know what? You're blessed. <laughs> so blessed. <laughs> I'm like, See, when we're in the place God put us, it's like, whoa, this is better. Imagine the bulldozer grandson trying to be a lawyer. It makes sense there. We go, that, that's, that, that, no. Just no. But imagine the one who's called to business trying to do something like doctoring. Imagine that gift goes, well, you know, I really got to use it this way or that. Hmm. And it never works. And everybody's unhappy. And so we have things like, until you walk a mile in another man's shoes. Well, don't do it. It's not God, and that's just weird. Be free of that. Amen? Praise the Lord, Pastor. I don't have to walk in someone's shoes. I just walk in the ones you made me, God. Hallelujah. Is that much better? Are you feeling better yet? <laughs> it's such a relief. I don't have to do what that guy does. But I do need to do what my part is, and I need to know what that part is. And I need to have confidence in that part and know that with all the parts, when they're, when they're identified, will be fitly joined together. And isn't it much better that way? Yeah. When this thing happened... Um, 
we, we had some prayer very quickly about wisdom and ideas of how to fix things. And so in the middle of the night, some people got an idea from heaven and, and knew how to build a thing to fix the pump in Sumas. I didn't go out there and dig. I didn't go out there and put sand down. But somebody got an idea. But we prayed for wisdom. What was I in? I was in my zone. I had faith for that. Be in your zone. Be where God called you. And it works. That's wonderful. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will also work better when you're founded here. And they'll go, oh, well, that was easy. Uh-huh. It may still feel a little uncomfortable. But it'll work. Amen. Through the grace given unto me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You see, I have a measure of faith where I know I'm called. Hmm? When I, and pressures come, and sometimes I'm like, God, I don't have an answer. They all want me to have an answer this Sunday. <laughs> they need me to hear from heaven. What if I don't have a revelation? What if I got nothing to say? Well, that won't be the day. <laughs> and it just works. Not because I sit down and think about stuff. I actually come back and say, God, I know that within the gifting and the calling that you've got in my life, there are things that, that will happen. It'll have knowledge. And then it works. Amazing, hey? If you're called to those things, you can do the same thing. That measure of faith. I know how to do this. We have somebody in our midst who's an estimator for construction. Dear Lord, yeah. I bless him. I, amen. <laughs> An anointing in there. He just knows what to do. We were having some conversation about something else, about slants or something in cement, and immediately out came the answer in the formula. I'm like, mm-hmm. That would not come out of me. Not any day. I understand that, that you know, water goes downhill and you don't want it uphill. That part I got. <laughs> but the formula? Nope. I stay in my zone, he stays in his, and it works. And it's better together. It's better together. Now we all start doing our part because we've learned what it is. But can you see that with all of the things that have happened, that this is the part that really, when we pulled apart, we didn't have each other. We were missing those parts, and suddenly we're having to do things we're not called to do. What happened? When you're in that place, you get frustrated, disappointment, angry. And then you think God's not there. But it's because we've been apart. I think it was last week I said, we got to learn how to be together again. How to say, you know what, Pastor? I'm really good at this. I said, you know, we've got some decorating to do. I'm not, I, like, I can tie bows. I have an anointing to tie bows. Did some for Shalane's wedding. Little tiny bow. I can tie bow. And pretty nicely. I don't put up lights. For years, you know, I always thought, you know, when I see the beautiful Christmas trees and the God, like, it's like art. <laughs> never. <laughs> I could try, but it never ends up that way. <laughs> I don't know what happens. I, th I saw this, like, scrunchy stuff, and it all looks, you know, and they got, and I look at it, and I'm like, 
I tried one year. Nope. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Just nope. <laughs> Not my gifting. But I welcome others when they bless me with things. <laughs> and, and I realized, yeah, like, I don't put up lights outside either because I don't like ladders. Not my gifting. And so when we just, and you see, oh, well, you know, uh, Miss Bethany, she'll go up and down a ladder. No problem. I just don't like them. I don't like, like this. Like, no. Mm -mm. Not my thing, but I think it's the ballet thing, you know. Great balance. <laughs> And, and I, I'm getting you laughing because so many of us don't even know what's inside that God wants to use. He said, well, there's a, there's a very holy list that follows here. We have many members in one body. All members have not the same office. I'm not intimidated by yours. Don't be intimidated by what God puts in my life. That's the hardest part. Sometimes I scare people. I don't mean to. Come back to love. And you're such a strong personality. You're kind of like overwhelming. I, praise the Lord. You know, it's a hate me or love me thing, but that's okay. I've, I've got over it. Amen. And so should you get over your part. We are who God made us. And we need to embrace that. And not be intimidated by the other anointings, but find out where it comes in and comes alongside. It is. It's so good when it does. It's like, whoa, that's comforting. They're doing what they're called. Look, it's freeing me up to do what I feel called to do. You know, maybe some of you feel like, I just want to open my house and serve others. Can we have a Bible study at my house? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Why have you got that thing? God put it in there. Some people are really good with baking, especially butter tarts. Amen. <laughs> We're grateful for those people, all of them. But you see, they all have a part, and you think, well, that's not very necessary. Sure it is. Absolutely. Baking is very necessary. We often say, can we get through a Sunday without talking about food? I don't think we've made it so far. <laughs> not yet. But those people who needed meals, someone had an anointing and a calling, and they went out and fed the people stranded. Somebody had to cook it. Somebody had a know-how. There's a know-how to feeding multitudes of people. God has a know-how in that. <laughs> he knows how to multiply. So. His ways are higher. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Can I just? I just got some fish here. Got a couple of them and some bread. That's all I got. <laughs> it's okay. He can use that too. Amen. Many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. So important. We need you. We need each other. And we need to be settled in these things so that the Holy Spirit can operate in his gifts easily when he needs to and when he wants to. And you see uh, that one scripture in, in First, uh, First Corinthians Chapter 14, where it says, earnestly desire the best gift. The best gift is what you need at the moment, what someone's needing. If they need a healing, then the best gift to operate is gifts of healing. But if you're afraid and you're not confident in what God put in your life, will the Holy Ghost work? Will he do what he says? Do I have to drum it up? What if they don't get healed? Hmm? You see, when confidence has been corrupted, it goes all the way down the line and we don't see it. 
And so then when he goes to move out, we feel petrified. We get stopped up. We don't move. We question far too long. How do I know? Hmm? So when you're confident and plain, see, we're not arrogant. And, and that's the religious uh, spirit, and sometimes just people, in their lack of understanding, have put so much weight on you're in the flesh. You're in pride. You're trying to take the glory from God. And he wants you to demonstrate it. He wants you and I to walk in his glory. To prove himself. Can you see how the enemies tried to blind us to these things? And why? It's a great thing about our God. And I mentioned this earlier. Whosoever will, let him come. And in the midst of them trying to shut down the gifts and shut down people from knowing who they are, we must never violate the will of another. The devil does that just fine enough. But we don't. When we honor one another and look out for one another, we give place in godly submission one to another. The altar is the greatest place of whosoever will let them come. When you sense a gift moving in your life and the Holy Spirit shows you about something, I'm very careful with prophecy. Very careful that I hear from heaven. If I've missed it with some of you, I apologize. I have moments in the flesh as well. Most of the time, when it's under the anointing, of ministry, it's, it's very accurate. And sometimes surprising. Some people ask me afterwards, do you remember what you said to me on such and such a day? Absolutely not. Or very, very little of it, because when it comes out by unction of the Holy Ghost, it didn't go through, I didn't meditate on it, I didn't think about it, and, and I didn't retain it. Sometimes when we see each other, how the gift started in me, especially prophetically as I learned about who God called me to be. There were many times I would be sitting in, in the congregation. I was learning at that point and going to Bible school. And I'd, I'd be praying something. I would notice something. And so I didn't tell the person. I'd go home and pray about it. Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. I'd check with him. I'd pray about it till it changed. Because I regarded the person. Didn't want to get out of order. Wanted to stay in God's order. Amen. And and I wanted to make sure that I had heard from heaven that it was solidified by the, the residential ways God had built in me. And to honor that whosoever will. I knew there were times in my life, especially as a minister now, a couple of times I was coming out of a meeting and uh, it wasn't actually that very long ago. And we had some people before this thing went down, and I was walking out to the parking lot to get in the car with my husband. And suddenly I was surrounded by five people. It wasn't pleasant. But I was surrounded. And I was just, I just for a moment, he just was getting the car unlocked, you know, I was 20 feet from the car. And suddenly I was surrounded, literally surrounded. People's hands came up into the air. And then they were saying all kinds of things. I'm like, ah! 
oh, we see the anointing of your life. Oh, we see this. Oh, we see that. They weren't trying to hurt me. They were trying to love on me. But there was no whosoever will. And frankly, all I remember about it is being surrounded. If they hadn't given me an encouraging word, I might have remembered it. But I was so freaked out. Yes, I was in bed. I'm looking for my husband. <laughs> it's like, I can't see you. You're, and it was dark. It was night. And I don't hold anything against those people. But what I recognize is this. Let's talk to the Lord about it. The gifts began to move, but there was no out. There was no place to move with it. And so they got kind of locked and up inside. Their heart was right. They were certainly nothing against me. It wasn't like that. But they didn't have an outlet. They didn't know how to be a part of the body. They didn't know how to be in place. They didn't know how to operate in the gifts with the right measure. And so they were kind of all over the place. They're loving people who never meant harm. But we want to learn how to keep these things together and learn how to be together again and operate with the wisdom of God and in godly submission. I think whosoever will is the most wonderful way of helping us stay with another. Always ensuring, you know, because sometimes you say, you know, I got a word, but does that make you feel uncomfortable? I do try to respect that by your own will, by the Holy Ghost. Try to listen to that. Because I know God never forced me. He never forced me to take up the call in my life. He never forced me to enter a healing line. Not once, not ever. Not once. There were times when I shook and times when I felt uncomfortable in an altar call. There were times when the Holy Spirit was moving and I knew I needed what was there, but I was uncomfortable and didn't know how to respond. Some of our reasonings for, I don't know how to respond to God's call in my life. I don't know, maybe I am called to fivefold ministry. Maybe I'm just called to be a teacher. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe I'm just called to be that great support. I don't know, but God, show me, help me. Do we know how to respond to his call today? Do we know how to respond to his voice when we sense him stirring in our spirit? He wants us all to know. It's for his demonstration and it's for his purposes to be revealed to this world. And they can be in the workplace and they can be in a school and they could be digging with a, a bulldozer. We don't know who we're going to meet or when. But we know if God has us there, he's got something in mind. Whosoever will, let them come. So the spirit and the bride say, come. That's where it is. It's in Revelation. And then whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do we know how to call? Do we know when to call? And do we know how to respond to that call? There is a calling. Some of you have uh, uh, witnessed this one particular gentleman I'm thinking of, such a calling to pray for healing, such an anointing to pray for healing, not called to preach, not called to preach. And when the spirit would move on him to pray for someone who was ill, they'd get better. 
but he hardly ever does it. Just when the Lord says, that is wonderful. He's happy. We can be blessed in that place. See, that's where we are not thinking. We're just doing it when God says, and that's okay. And if you miss it, God's not going to go, that's it. I'm done waiting for them. We'll send another. And people have said mean things like that. Yeah. The meanness must end. God's not mean. He's not mean to people. He's kind. And he's good. And some of you have been treated very meanly. Some of you watching online today, someone's treated you very meanly. I wasn't God, and I'm very sorry. Holy Spirit wants to fix those things. Wants to fix the places where you've been called names. And it's stung. Remember, that's children's talk. Adults don't talk that way. We're not involved in strife and division. We're able to walk away. But remember this very valid point. God heals you where you've been stung. He heals you there. Always be an opportunity. You know, I have a, another story. It's not sorry about the kind of thing that happened once before. Where I was surrounded, it was a few years before that. Had one other occasion with that. Well, I've, actually, I've had several, but but uh, this particular one is sort of funny. Just so that you know that God uses all kinds of situations. And I got out to a meeting, and and there was it was a time of sort of almost revival. And I say these things because I believe we're sitting on the same cusp today. And when the gifts start moving, they might look a little awkward, and you might feel a little awkward, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We're going to walk through together. You might make some mistakes. Guess what I might do? And guess what? We'll all get over it. Amen? Because we're learning not to be offended when things don't quite go as we think they ought to. Amen? If we've learned nothing in the last two years, we should be learning how to not be offended. <laughs> Amen. So I was in this meeting, and the, past, the fellow who was speaking was a special speaker, and gone up and down. They all kept pointing at me. Never said nothing, just kept pointing. So at the end of the meeting, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm going now. I've seen what I needed to see, and there were people, you know, this is the dog barking era and the air piano and all that. And... Uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Others are blessed you don't. And, and you know, there was hankies on heads and throwing them and all kind of strange things going down. But I went there because we had people from our church going. They said, Pastor, you should see this. And I said, I, I know it's not God, so I don't have to go. And they're going, but we need you to confirm that. So I went one night out in this field. And as I'm leaving, and it was hot. It was summer, and I had sandals on and whatnot and a long dress that went to the ground. And as we're leaving, suddenly I'm surrounded. I'm almost at the door. The friend was going to get the car. Seems like a scenario. <laughs> this is why some pastors got people around them all the time. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not concerned with that. God will deliver me. Amen. And so I'm walking very nicely, la, 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 just kind of gliding through. And suddenly there's someone on the ground, got my dress, and they're crying. And screaming and all kinds of nonsense. And say, 
oh, the anointing. I'm like, you know, if anything's going to make my head explode, that'll be the one. And like, for all the wrong reasons. And, and like, they've got my dress. And like, and now they're, and only these people were not like the other people. The other people were kind. They were, you know, I knew their motive was good. And, and that this was different. This was like kind of, this is concerning. They're like doing weird junk down there and like, you know. And they, and they got my clothes. Now the, the one's got my dress at the bottom. This one's going on. They're grabbing me. And I'm like, ah! And all I could think of was that story of Jesus where he walked through the crowd. <laughs> so I didn't have a microphone, so I put up both hands like that. And I went, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. They all dropped to the ground. Even <laughs> <laughs> in a bad situation God is there amen <laughs> and he is so good I hope I've encouraged you and stirred your pot some today I know I did <laughs> but the Holy Ghost is in you he's got good things in every one of you and it might feel a little uncomfortable but we'll get through amen amen I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to sing amen I know that some of you have have also needing that healing touch, not just for physical healing today. Some of you need that, that healing that just touches you in your soul, where there's been scars and when there's been disappointments. God's so very good. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit's work in our life that washes. Oh, he washes. He washes us and he renews our mind. He opens things up, things that we didn't know. And they were right there. The way you clean us. Hallelujah. Oh, the way you work in our hearts is so marvelous. The way you work in every one of us. So good, so kind. Hallelujah. Oh, the way you work. The way you work. You love us so very much. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the souls today that they'll be washed. That words that have tried to scar mean things that have been said. Places where religion has tried to get their foot in the door. Father, I thank you for deliverance this day. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.